Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with John Robertson, the founder of Fort Log Services, a training company that focuses on helping organizations manage transitions, workplace change and upheaval, and conflict and stress, among other areas. Hi, John. How are you? Hi. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Tell us about your background and the genesis of Fort Log Services. Well, it's actually not overly complicated. One of the things that happened over the years is I went to university for one thing, ended up for being an MD. I ended up becoming something different. And one of my degrees was in psych. And I'm very good. In fact, I really enjoy helping people deal with change or crisis, whatever you want me to call that. Because part of what happens is basically try and do the same things over and over and hope for different results. And everybody knows what that's the definition of. So Fort Log became that fort, safe place in the frontier. What are you aiming for in North America? It's an end zone in football. What's your goal? And a log is a journal to help others sail the sea because there's no point going there alone, which impacts leadership and helping people navigate the topsy-turvy-ness of the sea. And so that's kind of how it came to be. And over the years, community people, variety of different groups kept reaching out to say, oh, we're having this issue. Do you know anybody who can help? Well, actually, I'd love to help. So kind of the deep end of the pool swimming lesson. How should organizations define wellness? One of the first things that has to be defined is what I call the PIES definition, P-I-E-S. It has to be defined in the positive if it is something in your control and then third, so positive, in your control, environment, and smart. In your control, or is that under somebody else's control? Environment means how will this impact what we're doing? And then fourth thing is just smart goals and lots of resources on that. But the number one thing in defining it is more than not being sick, not being ill. So if somebody is not ill, is not sick, is not on meds or treatment or whatever else, not ill. That does not mean they're well. Defining healthy and wellness as something proactive. It means fully engaged in work. It means living in a career that if one is independently wealthy, they would do it for free. It's that kind of motivational wiring physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally not just psychologically. How can law firms optimize organizational health and wellness? Not being of the legal profession, but having two family, three actually, family members of it. Some of the things that came out of that is, first of all, finding people who will charge the battery. Because one of the realities in that profession is there will be a lot of things that drain one's battery. So it could be divorce, it could be variety of litigation, it could be all kinds of different things. Real estate transactions can drain a person's battery. So the key for wellness is the proactive approach. What are you plugged into 
that will charge your battery. In the same way, unplugging from work will not recharge us. That would be like saying putting our cell phones on airplane mode will recharge the cell phone. That's foolishness. It, plugging in what are the things that you will recharge, and that impacts workplace productivity, that play, impacts how people work well together, and I don't even like the term team building, but some of the things that can be done to optimize it is what are the differences? How do we learn to work with people who are not like us and learn to laugh and enjoy those differences? That cannot be done without intentionality, strategy, and being tactical. Part of an overview of optimizing. What are some best practices for addressing and resolving conflicts in the workplace? I would suggest, first of all, majority of conflict, I would say 95 plus percent of conflict will boil down to two key questions. What's the value of the relationship and what's the value of the goal? So if the relationship is high and the goal is low, then addressing resolving conflict can be accommodation, avoiding, compromising. If the goal is high, but the relationship is low, then we get that compete or avoid. So first of all, getting people to start thinking about what are the values here, what's the value of the goal, and what's the value of the relationship. So if I let this go, if this issue, let it slide, is that something that is wise? If that's something that is prudent? And then learning to ask questions of the other party. So if we let this go, what do you think would be the repercussions if we just kind of swept it under the carpet, if you will? Does that approach change in a remote or hybrid environment? A hundred percent, because communication is, and it's Moravian law, but somebody once said 93% of communication is nonverbal. So therefore in a remote or hybrid world, that is even more important to clarify the communication pieces to ensure that what is said is what is heard and is what is meant. Because quite often, it's like any email or text, I can misinterpret, you can misinterpret what I said with a meaning that didn't happen. So the easiest way to understand that is communi communication is never what is said. It's always what is heard. And that is in very strategic in a remote or hybrid environment to proactively, but also mitigate conflict. We're all faced with adapting today. How do different generations view change? Broad brush, there are key differences. And part of it will come back to core values. Every generation tends to reflect and every culture tends to reflect values. Many of them are subconscious. So when we talk about change, some generations are change, not averse, but they view it as very high risk. So therefore, they will try and avoid it. Others, I haven't done this before, they immediately go try it. And I'm starting to see this in a variety of different environments. And number one value statement to this is not telling somebody, especially different younger generations, who question authority, 
when they ask, well, why is it done this way? Some generations will say, well, because that's how we do it, versus here's the reasoning behind it, being able to explain the value behind the reason that it's done that way. And that's part of change. Why do we do that? Why are we not doing it differently? Well, why can we do it? How can we do it differently? How can we improve it? What can leaders in the legal industry do to empower their teams to resolve conflicts directly without the need to escalate them? First things first, especially playing off of that remote hybrid you asked about is, first of all, getting people to clarify. So what I am hearing you say is, because number one place times of conflict that will happen will be what you said and what I heard are not exactly the same thing. And then the second piece to that will be helping people to understand when you said this, what I heard was that. So getting people to think through the relationship, getting people to think through the goals, but then as importantly, getting people to talk through or think through, how can I say this in a way that they will understand it? And part of that comes back to temperaments. Myers-Briggs calls it types, personalities, call it potato picking for all I care. But what it boils down to is, am I communicating this in a way that somebody else would think or feel they understand it and get it? How can one reframe a crisis as an opportunity? I go back to the etymology of crisis. So first of all, crisis with a K is it interrupts our plans. It's a threat to goals. It knocks us out of alignment. But the fourth piece to that is it's when the old ways are no longer sustainable, pretending that we can keep going with them is, not, is foolishness. So to reframe it as an opportunity, if something doesn't need to be changed and there's no reason to reinvent it, then call what it is. It's a failure. But it's that fourth area, time to refinable new norm, time to create something to grow forward. It's that definition of crisis that forms the opportunity when the old is no longer sustainable. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with John Robertson, the founder of Fort Log Services, a training company that focuses on helping organizations manage transitions, workplace change and upheaval, conflict and stress, and other areas. John, thank you so very much. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. And I honestly want to just encourage people to be thinking about growing forward doesn't happen by accident. It requires focus, but to your community of your different platforms that you are providing, Ari, one of the things is, and who are the people that you are putting, we are putting in our lives who will help us grow forward? And I appreciate the work that you're doing to help people grow forward. That's awesome to read and hear. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.